Welcome to the Prospect League Podcast, the podcast for the past, present, and future of the Prospect League, the home of elite college baseball players from across the country. I'm Lucas Burris, back for another episode of the Prospect League Podcast. We've got a different and exciting episode here for you today, and I don't want to waste too much of our time. It's going to be a short episode of the Prospect League Podcast as we're getting settled in on the Prospect League season, and not too much to talk about for the Prospect League so far. I'll have some updates for you towards the end of this episode after we get to what's going to be a special surprise on this week's episode of the Prospect League podcast. If you don't know already, because we haven't talked about it too much on the Prospect League social channel, except for a few of our teams who participated in the game this weekend, on Sunday, Ben Zobris was inducted officially into the Prospect League Hall of Fame as one of two inductees that will be announced this season. So for the Prospect League, an exciting chapter for one of our very famous and very successful alumni in the Prospect League from Ben Zobris's time in the CICL with the Twin City Stars. So for Ben Zobris, it was an exciting time as Twin City played in Normal and Bloomington, the Twin Cities there in Illinois. So he was out at a Corn Belters game as I have my pistol shrimp polo on for this Prospect League podcast to you know show you what I was wearing and what I was doing when I, I did what is going to be an exciting interview with Ben Zobris. We did an in-person Prospect League podcast during the normal Corn Belters and Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp game on Sunday. And it was an exciting interview with Ben. He was able to sit down with me for about 10 minutes and talk about his time in the CICL, his baseball career, and all the fun stuff that he's up to now and his views on baseball and what's currently going on. So after the the interview is over, we're going to go into just a little bit on the Prospect League season, just talk about what's going on with the standings right now. We don't have too much to talk about. Almost every Prospect League podcast from here on out will be player-focused on what's going on. We're going to talk to mostly our player and pitchers of the weeks for this season. We'll talk about that after the conclusion of the podcast as well. But I want to get to this Ben Zobrist interview. I have to tell you, we only have a, a little bit of it video. That we had a little trouble with our video during the podcast. So you're going to hear the audio for the entire thing, but about halfway through, that's going to cut out. So you'll just hear the audio for the Ben Zobrist interview, but that's okay. You're still going to be able to hear everything that Ben had to say. But for the first half, you can see me and Ben chatting it away in a suite in normal at the Corn Crib. But I want to head straight to that interview. I don't want to take too much time on this Tuesday edition of the Prospect League podcast. Podcast. Let's look at that in-person interview with myself and now Prospect League Hall of Famer, Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist, welcome to the Prospect League Podcast. Good to have you here. Thank you. You just got your Hall of Fame ring. I did. How are you feeling? That's your second Hall of Fame induction so far this year. How are you feeling? I, you know, it's it's just such an honor. I, I really um, kind of pinch myself when I'm able to step back for a second and go, wow, I like it was not something I ever expected to be able to do as a small Midwest kid to be able to kind of make it to the next level and the next level after that. And, and to the point now where I'm retired from this, this game and coming back and seeing these young guys trying to pursue their dream too, and, and being honored for some of the things I did in the game. So it's definitely surreal to a certain degree, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just went and talked to both teams down on the field. How was that experience talking to the guys, you know, getting to know the players who are pretty much hoping to be you one day. Hey, it's, you know, you see the light in their eyes and you see the the desire that they have to try to play the game and do well at it. And I think it's, it's a, it's a very pure form of love of the game, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, the travel is challenging uh, at times, the the further you go and, and uh, it's a grind, you know, it's, it's not an easy game, especially in the middle of the summer, it gets hot and things like that. But I think that 
seems like the format here is, is going to be a great one to get them these guys prepared if they want to go to the next level. Yeah, and you know we've had a few really good guys go to the next level in the last few years. So we're really excited to see how they flourish. But your time in the league, what you did when you were in the CICL back mm-hmm. in the day, yeah. compare that to how it you know prepared you. How do you feel your time uh, with Twin Cities prepared you? I thought it was, it was really great, actually. Uh, I remember in that league um, kind of being able to – to do a lot of different things. Like that was actually the first league that I switch hit in. You know, I had not ever switch hit in my career prior to that. And um, I, I had worked on it a lot. Yep. Uh, and I knew I could do it, but I, I had done it in high school. And then in college, I kind of was more of a pitcher early on. And so freshman and sophomore year, I just batted right-handed. And so going into that summer, I was like, man, I really want to try that. And I showed up the first game and Duffy Bass didn't know this at the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I showed up and I was like I'm, I'm switch hitting and I got I got five hits in the first game so he's like I think you'll be fine <laughs> yes you know? so your reaction wasn't one I'm gonna tell him, gonna tell him. no you're supposed, <laughs> we're gonna do this I was like let's happens. let's try it I know I can do it and he doesn't know he had doesn't you, know I'm not a switch hitter <laughs> in the cage like had you tried at all or were you just like oh uh, yeah it. I had tried enough and had my buddies throw yeah. to me enough that I was like I can do this if I get the opportunity to so then when I went back to college that fall after doing it all summer, mm-hmm. um, I was that much more prepared, and the coach eventually gave me the chance to do that. Yeah, and then you pinch hit the or switch, switch hit the rest, hit the rest, rest of my career. my life. Yeah, and that was the stepping off point. At any point, did you think going back, I'm not going to switch hit anymore? Or from that moment on, was that your thing? Well, that fall, I still had to convince my college yeah. coach, like, no, I, I did it, and I can do it this I did it this summer, and he, he was like, well, we'll see about that kind of a thing. So I started out the spring in – uh, the NAIA season back that next spring, just batting right-handed. And we got to a few games into the year and I was like, just let me bat left-handed. Trust me, trust me. You know? And so finally he let me do it and I, I had a good game and the rest is history. He let me stay. And stay was that, way. that the national championship season or that yeah, was, so. that was one of the years we went to the NAIA yeah. world series. Yeah. So you switch hitting first time in your career and ended up leading a team to <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah talks about a player of what type of player that you were throughout <laughs> your career. <laughs> Got to be versatile, yeah, right? Right. right? Uh, but the Central Illinois Collegiate League gave me that opportunity. I remember, you know, traveling around uh, Illinois and, um, and and just kind of playing with some players there too that were on the D1 schools mm-hmm. around the area that I I didn't get a chance to play right. at. And I was like, okay, if I can play with these D1 players, and it I really it really doesn't look like that much of a difference. Um, then I, I maybe I can play at that level and play it beyond. So um, it was a fun team to be on, too. Did you stay with the host family, or were you at home during that season? I was at home. Yeah. So what I actually did that year, we were just talking about it with one of my family members, is I worked at the Peoria Christian Center yep. and mowed baseball fields, and, and I would umpire games <laughs> yep. when I wasn't playing in these games in the Central Illinois Collegiate League. That is still a hey, common I, thing in these leagues of yeah, finding a summer job wherever you are. I wanted to make a, a few bucks, yeah. and, and I know a lot of the guys uh, on the team that were living here in Bloomington Normal at the time, they would co- they would talk about the job that they had, that the team set them up with, yeah. where they were like, they would have to go. I, I don't know if they were husking corn or what they were yep, doing, yep, but yep. but they were just making whatever money they could in the morning, come to the field in the afternoon, and then you, you pursue your dream. That corn husking job is a tough one, too. We did that as a kid. <laughs> and, like, you're getting up at, like, 5 a.m., and you're sitting on the back of a truck, too. So I'm not surprised that the normal now corn belters, corn belters. back in the day I'm not were surprised finding either. people to go husk corn. And these, these right. just poor college summer kids, you know, you're lucky. Living at home, living I was, the dream. I was lucky, yeah. and I felt it when I heard their stories. Yeah. But I was like, 
I was mowing baseball fields and then going to play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But stepping stones for you, you know, in this league, everything that you did, looking back on it, of mm -hmm. what you thought and what you were able to do, how do you think, you know, thinking about of all the other guys who played summer league, how important do you think that stepping stone was for you in your career? Well, you have to keep playing, in my yeah. opinion. And that was a summer that I had plans to play after my freshman year. I went down with Athletes in Action and played down there after my summer year. And after my sophomore year, I just didn't have any options yeah. that I knew of. And so when I heard about the Central Illinois Collegiate League, I tried to call and say, hey, you know, I'd love to play in this, but I, I couldn't make it on yep. the team. I think somebody dropped off the team to where when an opportunity came up and I was like, let me get in. Yep. I, I really feel like being able to play every summer in college really helped me continue to grow and develop as a player and became an All-American after that. And, and um, you know, just these guys, and I talked to a couple of the guys before the game. Hmm. One guy has an injury right now, has a UCL injury, can't play the field, but he's staying here and he's just taking the opportunity to get at bats. And yep. I think just continuing in the game and learning how to be a good teammate and figuring out the different parts of the game that you can learn um, it's, it's still good for these guys, you know, and, and it keeps them busy too, right? Yeah. Because when they're not in school, you know, you want to keep them busy with good things. Yeah. And it's, I think it's good for them. Now, when you talk to those guys or just in general, when you think of the league as a whole, when you talk to these younger players, you know, what are the things that you're instilling in these guys? Or what are the things you're saying, you know, here's what I did at the time. Is there anything big picture or are you just kind of given the, the basics? What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, there's some big picture things that looking back, uh, I maybe wish I had done a little bit better, but uh, I think, they, they have to learn that it's not enough to just come here and do the practice before the game. Yep. Like, like I was one of the guys that was trying to find other times to get in the cage and do extra work before the game, earlier in the day, things like that, if I could, uh, in the game, just because I knew like to be better, to get better, faster than other people, you got to put in the work, right? And, and some guys understand that, and some of them, it takes them a while to get that, but you know, it's a combination of that hard work and then and then uh, some of the talent and opportunity that you're given, right? But I think on a macro level, it's being able to look at the game um, at this time in life and still balance some things out and realize like, yeah, this is a big part of your day mm. in life right now, but it's more about developing your character and developing the kind of worker you are than it is like, I've got to make it to the next level yeah. or I've got to get on this team or that team. And I think that's what a lot of, I think a lot of teams in this league instill the life lessons or what you're getting out of the league, even if you're not going to the next level, a lot of that development. Yeah. So I think you look in that, that same way. But focusing in on Ben Zobris now, you know, what are you thinking about right now? What is Ben Zobris up to these days? What are, what are the future, what is the future for Ben Zobris yeah. going to look like? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been working on some nonprofit work. Yep. Uh, the last couple of years I've been on a couple mental health boards. But then recently started my own nonprofit up called Champion Forward mm -hmm. um, with some really sharp people. We've got a great board in Nashville, Tennessee, and we're really focusing on young athletes, their parents and coaches, because what we see in the young athlete realm, really uh, 13 to 18 is the focus group for us right now. But it, it's really out of balance in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I think the young athlete culture in a lot of it's just different than it was for me growing up, too. We didn't have rankings. We didn't have this whole system where there's travel ball all over the country and you got to do all the tournaments and be on the best teams and 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 all these ranking systems i think that some of that can be out of balance and uh i i don't like to see kids at the age of 13 and 18 give up on the game if they're not on the best travel team and things like that yep. 
And I also want to see families and coaches learn how to really connect in a healthy way uh, to the athlete and to the whole experience that they're all having as a family. Because I think those are particularly ages where a lot of kids and parents have a hard time figuring out how to connect. And we want to facilitate that. We want to help them with that. And really, I think the next frontier in uh, athletic performance is emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. For young leaders, you got to learn how to be emotionally intelligent because that's the best leaders on the field. The ones that end up being coaches and managers that are the best are also the most emotionally intelligent. So we're giving parents, coaches, and athletes some of the tools that they need to be able to uh, work on those things together. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great thing that you're doing. I think connect to the same the game any way that you can too. I think that's the a big thing that what you're doing. Thoughts final, you know, concluding what we're talking about. It's good to have you here, but thoughts to the people listening, the people watching of why, you know, we covered a little bit why a, a league like the prospect league is important. Why baseball, you know, is yeah, important. Yeah. All that stuff. What are your final, you know, going away thoughts as we kind of conclude your chapter in the prospect league? You've gotten your ring. You're a Hall of Famer now. You know, final thoughts. Well, I, I love. Just sports in general, I think, are, uh, act as a crucible for us um, as young athletes. And, you know, all these stepping stones, you know, when you're going through high school and college and, and summer ball and then pro ball and all these things to try to get to the level that you want to get to are, are all good in helping you develop. But I think ultimately what you really need is that support system, that connection to the people that love you and care for you. And, and these guys are building relationships and I think you kind of you can start to see that uh, a lot more when you, I'm sure when you're around the team yeah. on a regular basis. But but, um, you know, even the way that the, the league is facilitating that and, and trying to create that atmosphere amongst a lot of different states and things like that, I think can be really good for these young players to figure out how to um, connect and support each other. And then they become friends here and they go on to follow each other in college ball and whatever happens after this. I mean, you, you build some of those closest friendships in the summer, uh, in those summer leagues where, where you're spending all that time together. So I kind of, I really like how these college summer leagues are set up, particularly the prospect yep. league here and trying to play it like pro ball, giving these guys an experience that, good plug. that potentially, good plug. good plug. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're potentially getting a professional experience yep. on some really great fields. I mean, this field is a professional yep. stat, you know, status type of field better than a lot of minor league parks I played in. Mm. Um, they're getting that, that, that kind of atmosphere and things are streamed. And those that are supporting them from a distance can actually support them and know what's going on. And I know my, my parents would have loved that if they yeah. could have watched all my college games in the summer um, from, from home, you know. Uh, but it's just a, it's a really great experience for these guys. And it's, it's some of the things that they will always remember. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you for joining me yeah. here. It's been a Glad great congratulations on Prospect League Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, hey, Prospect League Podcast live version. Maybe we'll try more of this, but hey, I think you had a good time. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks again to Ben Zilbers for joining me on the Prospect League Podcast in our in-person version of the Prospect League Podcast. I once again apologize for the technical difficulties on the video side of things. But, you know, the true podcast experience for many of our watchers on YouTube. But if you're listening on just one of our podcast platforms, you don't even know if we had technical difficulties. So I hope you enjoyed the Ben Zobris interview as well. And thanks again to Ben. I really enjoyed that interview. And I think he enjoyed his time in normal and reminiscing on his days in the CICL. So thanks again to the new Prospect League Hall of Famer, Ben Zobris, for joining me. And Again, another exciting chapter here in the Prospect League podcast talking to now a Hall of Famer here in the Prospect League and maybe a future MLB Hall of Famer as well. As Ben Zobers is an excellent, 
excellent MLB career, and it was exciting sitting down with him and seeing him out and about with the Prospect League players in normal as well. But before we wrap up this episode of the Prospect League podcast, I want to give you a few reminders about the Prospect League. First and foremost, for our hitter and pitcher of the week, the Baseball Notes Bulletproof Hitter of the Week and the Prospect League ArmCare.com Pitcher of the Week will be announced tomorrow. That's Wednesday. That's when we'll do every Hitter and Pitcher of the Week announcement this year in the Prospect League. So be looking out for that on Wednesday. That's tomorrow if you're watching or listening to this on the Tuesday. It is coming out. We will do that every Wednesday in the Prospect League this season. So make sure you're checking out our social media channels at Prospect League and ProspectLeague.com to see the full announcement on that. But before we can fully wrap up this Prospect League podcast, I just want to give a quick update on what's going on in the Prospect League just about a week into the season. So let's look at the divisional standings for all of our four divisions in the Prospect League. Just give you a quick update on what's going on, and then we'll wrap up this episode of the Prospect League podcast. So first, in the Eastern Conference, we'll start in the Ohio River Valley Division. The Lafayette Aviators currently lead that division. They are a 5-1 and one record after six games of play. Then it's the Tillicoffee Paints, who are 5-2 and two on the season, having already played seven games this season. The Johnstown Millrats sit in third at 2-4, and four, and then the Champion City Kings at 1-5 and five on the season. For the Wabash River Division, still in the Eastern Conference, the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes lead that division 4-2. to two. Then the Normal Corn Belters at 4-2. and two. Then the Danville Dans at 3-2. and two. And then Rex Baseball at 2-4, and four, sitting 4th in that division. In the Western Conference, moving over now, in the Great River Division, this is a tighter division as the Clinton Lumber Kings sit in first place at 3-3, three and three, followed by the Burlington Bees at 2-3, and three, then the Illinois Valley Pistol Trip at 2-4, and four, and then the Quincy Jams at 1-4 and four in that division. So only about a game separating that top team, a half game actually as well. So a close divisional standings in the West Great River right now. And then in the West Prairie Land Division, the Cape Catfish undefeated on the season so far, 5-0, and oh, sitting the top spot in the Prairie Land Division. Then the Alton River Dragons at 4-1, and one, the Thrillville Thrillbillies at 4-2, and two, the O'Fallon Hoots at 1-4, and four, and then the Jackson Rockabillies 0-5 so far to start the 2023 Prospect League season. So that's just a quick update on the Prospect League standings so far. We're going to have a lot more to talk about next week as we really dive into a recap of pretty much the first two weeks of the season, look into standings, talk to our hopefully hitter and pitcher of the week next week, and dive into just everything you need to know about the Prospect League. But this this is just a quick update, a quick Tuesday episode of the Prospect League Podcast. Next week, it's going to come out on Monday, more than likely. So look out for the Prospect League Podcast next Monday after a almost full two weeks of the season. We'll have a hitter of the week to talk to. We'll have a pitcher of the week to talk to. We'll have a full understanding of the standings in the Prospect League. And we'll have some team stats and hopefully some Rap Soto data to look at as well as we conclude what will be almost two weeks of the Prospect League season. So I want to thank you for joining me, watching or listening to the Prospect League podcast. I had a great time sitting down with Ben Zobra, so thanks to him again. Remember to continue to support the Prospect League. Head to prospectleague.com. Follow us on social media at the Prospect League. Check out all 17 of our teams and follow them. And make sure you subscribe to PLTV as well. That's prospectleague.tv. To learn more, you can go to prospectleague.com as well. That is our subscription service for every Prospect League game. Every game this season is streamed on there, almost every game unless there's some technical difficulties, but that doesn't happen too often unless there's extenuating circumstances. 
chances. So make sure you check that out. We have some really, really good broadcasts this year with some really, really talented broadcasters as well. So check that out. You can just buy one day and check it out and then decide if you want to do it. You continue to buy one day. You can buy one team's pass. You can just do your favorite team and see all of their home and away games. Or you can buy the whole league. But some really exciting stuff happening on Prospect League TV. So you make sure you check that out as well. But this is going to conclude this Tuesday episode of the Prospect League podcast after just about a week of play in the Prospect League. So until we see you next week on Monday as we talk to some players in the league, I'm Lucas Burris signing off on the Prospect League podcast.